We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Dynasty Owner. I am Andrew Laird, head of DFS content for Rotowire, and I'll be joined shortly by Scott Jenstead, who will be co hosting with me every Friday this season to discuss the main Sunday slates um, all year. Uh, Because we're still a few weeks away from the actual fantasy football season, we're going to be playing a number of podcasts we did last summer that focus on different daily fantasy football strategies, including lineup building, contest selection, showdown strategies, and a lot more. And for this first week, we're just going to tackle some of the basics of DFS football that apply to DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, or pretty much any site you're playing on. If you have any questions that pop up while listening, please don't hesitate to reach out to me or Scott. Twitter's probably the easiest to do that. Uh, I am at Rotowire Andrew. He is at Scott Jenstead, and uh, we'll be happy to help you out. So with that, let's uh, jump into the basics of daily fantasy football. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Scott Jensen. It's taken me a while to get to uh, baseball instead of football, so if I messed that up, I do apologize. Uh, I am joined. Uh, we're doing uh, doing DFS today. I'm joined by Andrew Laird. I've done the DFS podcast uh, for football for three years, so I, I look forward to it again. Joining Andrew for the first time this year, so this should be fun. If you please rate or view the podcast, we'd all should appreciate that. Andrew, first time, uh, first time jumping on DFS football with you. How are you today? 
I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, it's always great to talk about daily fantasy football uh, in the middle of July, but uh, it's yeah. it's one of those that like we don't even have preseason games to potentially even discuss, and so, um, but you know, there's always something to talk about, and so here we are. Absolutely. So why don't uh, why don't you give us a little bit uh, about who you are? I know you're a uh, you're very popular and big in the in the DFS soccer world. Obviously, you uh, you work at RotoWire. Uh, but uh, for the football people, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Talk about how you what who you are and what you're doing here. Uh, yeah. So I run uh, RotoWire soccer coverage, or I have for the past few years. I've taken on kind of a bigger DFS role over the last uh, few months or so, uh, coming into football, but. I my background is in football. Like I, um, I started with RotoWire kind of as a beat writer, which a lot of people do. Uh, many years ago, I used to do a daily column. Excuse me, a weekly column. Uh, Sunday nights, the NFL reactions is a, an article that I started a few years ago. Which I'll um, uh, humble brag note that I was a FSWA NFL or Football Writer of the Year finalist uh, twice. Nice, very um, nice. Yeah, uh, lost to people who were much more deserving than I was, but uh, it was certainly nice to be in that group. Um, but yeah, I started playing uh, DFS football um, three or four years ago. Uh, I was more casual about it um, back then. I primarily play cash games, actually. Um, I'm not one of those people who um, is pumping out 150 lineups to try to win a million dollars every Sunday, although I certainly appreciate the work that goes into to doing that. It's just not the way that kind of I'm uh, that my brain works that uh, I'm looking for the guys who are, you know, two and 3% owned that can explode. Although um, I'm, I'm slowly getting there, but really cash games are kind of uh, my focus. One of the ones that uh, I wanted to point out, I used to, do, I mean, I played season long fantasy football for years. I actually gave it up a few years ago and a bunch of my buddies who, you know, basically one of my home leagues, we gave up on uh, season-long fantasy football, and we do a, a weekly league on DraftKings now. Like, All right, nice. Um, there was a time last; it was a few years ago that basically, like, my top three picks uh, were all injured in week one. Like, I and it was it's one of those that, like, <laughs> I realize that there are plenty of stories of people who like that happens to, and they're like, and then I grinded it out all week, hit the waiver wire, and like, I just it's just not what I was interested in at the time. And I was like, wait a minute, there's this other game where if your players get hurt, you're only doomed for that week. And like next week, it's a clean slate. And I was like, this is amazing. I just felt like I had such horrible injury luck that I was like, well, maybe I'll just try this, um, this daily thing. And I loved it. Like it, it's a very different game because, you know, all the waiver wire articles come out on Monday and Tuesday and uh, you're kind of like, well, I'm, I'm not looking for, for waiver <laughs> help now. And it's kind of nice to right. be able to, to lessen the load of research, although um, we'll get into it. I don't know if it'll be uh, this podcast or a couple others, but there is a way to use this way, the weekly waiver wire articles for DFS. Um, oh yeah, which will be a little bit of a I guess that'll be a little bit of a tease. But um, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, so I uh, I kind of started this world playing uh, playing fantasy baseball, uh, and then uh, I jumped on RotoWire. I know I met Jeff Erickson, uh, one of the RotoWire founders, at one of the NFBC drafts and. Uh, we kind of started talking, and we, uh, you know, we realized that we lived about ten minutes away. And then he <laughs> got me on, just kind of writing 
some 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 stuff about CDM Fantasy Sports, uh, a weekly uh, salary cap game, and uh, kind of got me uh, more and more involved. Uh, Jeff and I started doing the podcast and baseball together. Then I jumped on the football podcast and it with uh, Vlad Sedler two years ago, and then Derek Van Riper last year. And I think uh, I think it was good, and it, it made me a better DFS player. Kind of uh, really breaking down uh, each game, game by game, and having to sit down and do research for the podcast. So it's uh, it's kind of helped uh, help my game a little bit too. And I do I write an article for the uh, for the on the baseball side called Oaks Corner. So if you uh, if you play season long fantasy baseball, uh, definitely check that out. But uh, I, I agree with you. I think NFL is actually built for DFS. Uh, I still play season long. I play in the NFFC. Uh, I play in the, the NFFC primetime. I draft in Vegas and all that. But uh, as uh, as my interest has been slipping in season long, it's really ramped up in DFS. I just think it's built that way. You mentioned the injury stuff. And it's just a game that, you know, football's so insulated. It's once a week. It's not like baseball where it's got every day and you really have to grind it out if you play DFS baseball, which uh, which I've had trouble fully getting into. Um, but I think football is built for it. You know, uh, you know, one week of research, and you can you can pick kind of what games you play. You can pick games to focus on. Um, it's really uh, it's really made me uh, enjoy Sundays again in the NFL, and I, I just I just think it's built perfectly for it. Yeah, I, th- I think the the difference between daily fantasy football and season long fantasy football in terms of like research and preparation is actually the closest of all of the major sports. Like. The, the fact that it's once a week and a lot of the stuff that you're doing to think of like, what guys do I want to pick up? Um, what players do I want to start? Uh, a lot of that research is applicable uh, and valuable to daily. And so um, when you have, like you said, like trying to get in daily fantasy baseball, like I, the, I think the, the difference between season long baseball and daily baseball is gigantic. Like they're, they're completely oh, huge, different huge. games yeah. um, to the point where, and I'm somebody who gave up on season long baseball years ago. And I, I, I don't even want to call myself like a regular daily fantasy baseball player. I mean, it's maybe a few times a week at best, but, um, the people who played season long baseball, uh, who are like really hardcore about it, hate daily fantasy baseball and hate everything about it. And I noticed this on like comments that we get on our own website that like, People just get very fired up about the differences and it's a very different game. Like I think part of it, people think they're like the daily people are like encroaching on it. It's not how we should play fantasy baseball. And like they are different games. Like it's the, the variance in baseball on a daily basis is nuts. And you are yeah. able to kind of um, counter that with season long. Cause you're, you're just accumulating over months, but football, like we've got 17 weeks and with your fantasy football teams, sometimes only 16 and, you know, because you take the last one off for um, uh, after your playoffs. And but but the work that goes into it is really similar. And I think that's why it was so much easier for me to like, not only for me to transition into daily, but to like get my friends who had been in this. We I mean, we had done a season long league 15 years. Right. I was like, do you guys want to try this? And, you know, people are hesitant and it literally took one week and they're like, this is so much better. Yeah, I think that's that. I think that's a, a really good point in the baseball because I am I, I don't get fired up about it. I don't I don't mind baseball DFS, but I'm as I'm as end of season long baseball as a person could be. I mean, I'm in Vegas, big drafts, sure. all that kind of stuff. But you know, it, it's such a different like I'm so into my team and, and researching that that I, it, jumping into daily feels like it's actually adding another sport or adding another thing to research. Totally. So just uh, 
it's uh, it's a really good point. And with football, you know, I can I can break down the break down the slate on Wednesday for the podcast and realize that that how much that helps me for my season long team. I'm ready to I'm ready to set my season long lineup or wake, make uh, w- waiver moves uh, pretty easily. So you're, you're right. There's a very uh, there's a lot of carryover between the two. Whereas if uh, if, if baseball it feels like I'm doing two different jobs, <laughs> I think that's a, that's the perfect uh, way to say it. It's just it's a totally different sport. Um, so. I mean, with that, um, we're going to be here every Friday uh, for the yep. NFL season um, starting now. So um, up until the regular season starts, it's going to be a lot of kind of overview, some strategies, some ways that we that we play that we can help other people play. Um, but one of the things that I always kind of want to focus on early on for people who either don't play daily fantasy football at all and are kind of looking to get into it or kind of play sporadically throughout the season just because it's something to do. Um, there are tons of sites you can play on now. I mean, DraftKings and FanDuel and Yahoo are the, are the kind of the big three, um, but there are plenty of others that, that offer games. Um, we have kind of different content on our own website that covers those. I mean, there's Fantasy Draft and Prize Picks is actually a new one that I've gotten into for, uh, for soccer that they, they, I assume they'll have NFL. But uh, the, the, the point... Uh, or really what you want to start doing when you're thinking of playing is like what, how you want to play and like what you're trying to get out of this. And fantasy football is like a hobby for a lot of people. Adding money, even amongst your friends, kind of takes it up a notch. Um, daily fantasy tends to be against total strangers unless you do what I did, set up this league with your friends. But um, I think really one of the first things you want to do, and, and we'll get into like how you play and all of this, but like I think it's important to figure out like what you want to play. Do you yep. want to go in every week to win a million dollars? Do you want to go in every week and try to find kind of what the optimal lineup is and just kind of grind out, uh, you know, if some winnings here or there? Do you are you somebody who is okay with probably losing fourteen weeks in a row and then hitting it huge in week fifteen, or do you want to kind of have some incremental wins? Like, you really need to figure out what you want to get out of your daily fantasy experience before you even jump in, because, I mean, I guess you could try it out in little by little, but like once you figure out how you want to play, that will really help you determine like how you strategize each week. So on that note, how do you play? (laughs) Um, so because I started in soccer, mostly cash games in soccer, like I kind of immediately go to cash games when I start a new sport. So like with baseball, I started cash games and then realized that's absolutely insane, but I get why people play it. I get it. Uh, and I saw the strategies, but I, it's, the variance. So when you play cash games, which is what I like to do, you, you try to focus on the guys who are not as variant. It's as simple as that. Like you want guys who are consistent and they have very clear roles and they have clear kind of fantasy floors. That's what a term we'll use a lot. And it's like the kind of the minimum points that you kind of expect them to score. And so like baseball cash games is like the opposite of finding something consistent. Cause like there really aren't, I mean, you can have guys who are consistent over 150 games, Right. But I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about but today. My, there, there are a lot of games Mike Trout goes over four and gets zero points. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, and whereas, whereas LeBron James never scores zero points. Exactly, and that's yeah. that's the that's the great analogy, just in terms of like how both of those work. Um, yeah. And in football, you tend to have guys who are very consistent, um, and the the scoring and how you want to play is also a little different because like um, DraftKings uses full point PPR, whereas FanDuel and Yahoo are half point. So the strategies change a little bit with those. And so, uh, the guys that you're focusing on tend to be different. So, 
Uh, I mostly play DraftKings just because they were the first ones on soccer. I think a, a lot of people play on the site uh, now that they kind of got used to. Um, totally. Early on. And so that happened to be DraftKings for me. Uh, I do play FanDuel and Yahoo, although um, I, you know, most of my focus tends to be DraftKings cash games. And the, the difficulty that I came upon early while I was playing is that uh, in soccer, uh, a cash game lineup can win a GPP. Uh, it's unlikely, but it can happen. Um, and it does happen occasionally. In football... I don't know if it's ever happened, at least for like a full slate of games that like the, the number a, a big part of that is the number of people you're competing against. And that's why we will, we'll talk a lot about ownership percentages and, and why playing contrarian is so expensive, but you're literally up against hundreds of thousands of entries right. and you're trying to beat all of them to win a million dollars. And so, um, the way that I process things and the way that I do my own research I just tend not to end up on guys who are going to be 2% owned and possibly end up with two touchdowns. And so I kind of have to, I, I th there's a long run running saying in, in DFS that you should always GPP your cash lineup. I'm not sure that applies in football just because it's so, so difficult to win a GPP, particularly with like a high floor lineup. Do you think that in in football that uh, the cash and GDP blurs a little bit the more sp mo most sports? Uh, I tend to think that there's a a couple positions that are really kind of GPP cash uh, dependent, like, you know, low end wide receiver is one that, you know, if you're looking at a, in a cash lineup, you're looking for guys with a lot of targets. Or if you look at GPP, you're looking for a guy that's fast and hit, hit the big play, that kind of thing, like a Marquise Goodwin type of guy. Um I think that low end wide receiver is really one where it, where it separates a lot. Um, do you think there's other positions where that's the case, or because I, I tend to think that like running backs, my GPP and cash running backs tend to be more similar than my wide receivers do. Yeah, I think when you look at at running back, like they're so you know a lot they get a lot of touches as it is, uh, and right. so you're, you're generally kind of choosing based on matchup. So with your the cash GPP uh, look be, becomes more of an ownership play, like. You're you generally want higher owned players in cash games um, because they're usually the ones of the high floor, uh, and if you're missing one of those guys, you're going to be really behind. But in GPP, you want the opposite. So like if there's a a, a very expensive running back that you think everybody's going to have, like it makes much more sense to not have that guy and take somebody else. And so um, you're definitely right on the, on the wide receiver thing, like. It, certainly for DraftKings with the full point PPR. I mean, you, you yeah, want these big. guys who just catch a ton of passes and it, it almost doesn't matter if they score a touchdown um, because there are enough guys who catch enough passes for nine yards each that, uh, you know, the Julian Edelmans who aren't scoring that many touchdowns that um, yep. they are perfect cash game plays. But yeah, um, basically you're looking uh, for upside when it comes to your wide receivers and GPPs. And so it's much easier for a guy to hit and with DraftKings, there's, they have yardage bonuses as well. Um, yep. and so you've got 300 for passing hundred for rushing and hundred for receiving. It's much easier for a guy to get a hundred yards receiving on three catches than it is for like a running back to get to a hundred yards, even on 12 carries, let's call it. Uh, right. so the upside's certainly going to be there with the, um, with the wide receivers. But again, like those tend not to be the guys that, you know, the traditionally like, uh, Deshaun Jackson, like he's the, I yep. feel like the, such the prototypical GPP uh, wide receiver because you know he can get down the field in, in a hurry um, and he can score those touchdowns. But 
uh, you're almost playing more for the touchdown hundred yard bonus than you are, you know, the 12 catches. Cause he's, he's not going to get those. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, mentioned variants and a guy like that, uh, you know, it could be one or two big plays in the whole game. And if, if he goes deep and guy, you know, it's pass interference, suddenly you lost your shot, right? Yeah, there. So it's, totally. it's just, and you're not going to get the, you're not going to get the seven yard out to, to rack up, uh, you know, points per catch. But, um, you mentioned the difference in scoring, uh, DraftKings is a full point PPR fan duels half. Is there one that you, uh, is there the one you prefer or you just, you just play DraftKings so you're comfortable with it. Uh, is it more of that or is it more of the scoring? Uh, it sounds like more of a chicken and an egg question. Like, do I like full point PBR? Cause that's what I've always played. I, right. Um, I think I prefer the full point just because they tend to be, it, it tends to be easier to project who's going to get the targets and ultimately the receptions. And so if I can find somebody who is easier to project, um, and I, I can see that there's a, a clear floor there that I'm willing to kind of, um, to play that site like that. It, I, I think I just, maybe I've just become used to PPR and I know, um, like Peter Shanky hates PPR and like the, they, they <laughs> yes, had their, he does. yeah. We had the, uh, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you heard earlier this week that um, he makes one of the Vegas drafts standard scoring because he, he just wants no part of PPR. Um, but I kind of let, you know, it, it sounds weird to say like, no, I, I would rather a guy catch five passes for 55 yards than to score like a one touchdown because it, sounds, it runs counter to like how football works. Like <laughs> you want to score points. Um, right. But yeah, I, th- I think I just generally like the full point PPR better. And I hate to say it, it doesn't necessarily stop me from using almost the exact same lineup on DraftKings than I do FanDuel. Like even, you know, if you get 10 points for 10 receptions and then you get five on FanDuel, like the scoring itself is not uh, equal in terms of you're not uh, trying to get the exact same scores on both sites. So, right. um, you know, I, I, it makes a difference for sure. But it, that half point PPR is not getting me to it's not stopping me from playing. Um, but standard scoring just seems so foreign to me at this point. Before we keep going, a quick message from our sponsor, Dynasty Owner. If you've been looking for a new challenge, then Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football is where you should be playing this season. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash Rotowire because leagues are forming now. That's DynastyOwner.com slash Rotowire. We've all been in a league where the winner just got lucky, and if you're like me and know you're better than most, Dynasty Owner gives you the platform to prove it. Dynasty Owner favors skilled players who can manage their roster using real NFL salaries within the salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash Rotowire to validate your fantasy football skills. That's DynastyOwner.com slash Rotowire. So you mentioned projections and kind of figuring out, you mentioned fantasy floor, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think that the thing when I'm looking at a slate, the first thing I do usually is uh, is Monday or Monday or Tuesday, I'm looking at the Vegas odds, you know, where you're looking for, uh, you're looking for games that for me, not only high over under games, but games that are close spreads. And that's the, that's the point that, you know, you don't want the Patriots against, uh, you know, insert bad, you know, team here, Miami Dolphins <laughs> with a, with a, with a 14 point line, even if it's a high over under, cause you know, Tom Brady's not throwing in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, you may want a Dolphins receiver in that game catching up in the fourth quarter but really uh i i like games that you know high over under and a close spread where you they could go be going back and forth you want what the dream in fantasy in, in dfs is a 38 35 game and you having guys on both sides of the game i mean it doesn't happen every week but you know that that's the dream right there uh how do you use vegas odds to kind of start your process each week i mean it, it's pretty clear that um 
the games with the highest totals are going to have the higher owned players, certainly in cash games, because like right. that, you know, the expectation is if there's a lot of scoring, real life scoring, there's going to be a lot of fantasy scoring. And I think um, the point you made is something that a lot of people overlook uh, in terms of whether the game is going to be close, because even if they're like, oh, well, in that example, uh, the Dolphins are going to be way behind. So they're going to have to be playing catch up. And it's like being able to play catch up and act <laughs> or trying to play catch up and actually catching up is very different. And oh, yeah. so uh, the idea is, in, in theory, you're like, no, 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 they, they're going to have to be passing all the time. And it's like, well, passing all the time might lead to more pick sixes. It, it's possible that passing all the time is actually worse for their own game plan. Like they're not good at it. And so you're like, right. no, 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 I'm expecting a huge game this week from whoever. And you're just like, well, if they're getting blown out, it, there's only so much they can do. And so these close games with a high totals is really what you're after. I mean, we saw... Uh, you know, think like Ram Saints, like that's the kind of game that you want, at least with a high yep. totals. Like certainly look at the totals. Don't ignore the spreads because like we said, you want these games that are close. But so the, the idea um, for for using the Vegas odds is just that you want to find the games with the most um, with the most points in it. Um, not even just because touchdowns are, are certainly helpful everywhere, but usually there's a lot of yards. You, you tend not to see 38, 35 games where there are four defensive touchdowns and, um, <laughs> you know, some special teams, but, right. um, so you'll, you'll know right away that those games are going to, that the players from those games, the quarterbacks, probably the top receivers, even the running backs are going to be highly owned. Um, that's going to be probably in cash and GPPs. So you kind of look at it, the, the, the counter way. You, you're probably going to see a lot of those guys in cash games. And so you're probably going to want to target those guys. And then in GPPs, they're probably good fades, particularly if there are games with slightly lower over-unders. I mean, if if they're close, the, if the totals are close to the top, then they're, it may be spread out a little bit. But kind of the sweet spot are these games that uh, are kind of just below the upper tier because, um, you know, depending on the week, um, you know, you could have a number of games that could go off. Uh, and so... It kind of spreads the the player pool um, to the point where you're not like, oh, I'm going to be stuck with this. You know, if I'm going to just stack this game because these are all the points. But if you have a few games that are like that, um, it makes it a little easier. We also do see some weeks where there just aren't that many high totals. And so um, when you have those situations, I mean, it it gets a little tougher in terms of like identifying exactly who the who the chalk is going to be, who everybody's going to take. But usually the game with the highest total is going to be owned just because people are like, all right, there are the points. And so, I mean, that's kind of the, the really the first step is like, who, where are the games? And then you kind of go to the players after that and say, who are the guys I can take advantage of from this game that I think is going to be high scoring? Yeah, and the funny thing we saw last year is usually we, you know, we're talking uh, the the three main sites. We're talking the main slates. So we're talking, you know, Sunday. Uh, for me on the Pacific time zone, uh, you know, 10 a.m. and the 1 p.m. games. We so had a jealous. lot of times last year where all those high scoring games were the Monday night game, the Sunday night yeah. game, the Thursday night game. You know, you get you get those Rams, Saints, Chiefs. Those are those are high profile teams. So it's it's funny how uh, a lot of those times we ended up losing those games. And it really made you kind of dig into the other games and figure out uh, what I like to do. And and we'll talk. We get into the real season. You know, I'll do this every week. But I'm I'm always looking for I'm looking for that that one game that maybe is not the highlighted game each week or the highest overrunner that I think is going to go off. Uh, you know, a couple years ago there was a, a Saints Panthers game that I really liked and it turned out to be I think it was 38. 
35. I, I just randomly mentioned that score, but it's one of those ones. It was, it was, you know, it was the Saints. It was in the, it was in the dome, so it was a popular game. But um, you know, I look at ownership percentages for that week, and it, and it wasn't because you know, it was the Panthers, and they were known for a little more defense and all that kind of stuff. But it got to, it got to a shootout. I'm always looking for that game, maybe in the, the you know, the 47, 48, 49 over under range that that I think is going to go off. So a little bit, you know, uh, off the radar a little bit, but I think is going to match up with those other games. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely the way to look at it. I mean, and w- another thing that we see kind of throughout the season are um, guys who you may not even have considered. Uh, I mean, these are like you know second or third wide receivers, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, this game is has a oh yeah has a total of fifty two or something like that, and you're like, uh, everyone's going to be on the top guy, uh, but there are going to be a ton of yards and, and catches and touchdowns to go around that like it that in itself can increase your player pool a little bit. Um, just because that's, you know, it's, it's like the, you're not, everybody's thinking about it. And so now you're going to be able to get somebody who's a little lower owned. I mean, the, I think one of the key things, uh, once you get into the player pool is the, I mean, the player pools are big. I mean, we're talking, you know, anywhere from 11 to 14 games sometimes. I mean, the slates are, are really big. Uh, I mean, I'm coming from soccer where sometimes they're as little as two, uh, not even <laughs> counting like the showdown. I mean, they'll do main slates with two or three games. And so it can be, if you're coming from that, it can be a little intimidating. Just all of a sudden you see 78 wide receivers you could pick. But I think one of the key things to do is to figure out which players you don't want. Yep. I mean, in fact, there, I know there are some people who literally, you know, they'll take the player pool and eliminate everybody. And then they're like, okay, let me bring in the people that I actually want to have on my, you know, that I'm actually going to consider. And that's usually the, you know, the games with the lowest totals tend to be the ones that you throw out early because nobody's going to want to stack Jets Dolphins um, when, you know, Ram Saints is on the same, on the same slate. But see, see I intentionally left Jets out of my I know. Example. I appreciate I that. I think you're a Jets fan, right? I, I am. I am. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the, uh, I can't, I can like barely speak when I talk about the Jets, even though it's like the most <laughs> promising they've been in years. But um, thank God for red zone. That's all I'll say about it. But oh yeah, no doubt about that. <laughs> um, but like that—that's kind of one of the keys, and we'll get into that probably in a later podcast of just like really narrowing down which which kind of players you want. Um, but uh, one of the the main aspects here is you you can't go in every week thinking like I'm going who, who I'm choosing from everybody because um, you're just gonna right. you're gonna lose yourself. Um, and then all of a sudden you find out you've rostered, rostered all these guys that nobody has. And then you find out at the end of the day on Sunday, like why nobody has them. Like, um, we, we talked about wanting like lower own players and there's, there's a skill to choosing the right lower own players. And it's the, the goal is not just anybody who's low owned because, um, there are going to be plenty of people who are low owned because they're not any good. And so, um, right. that's one of the things we will get into kind of at a later point, but, um, you know, the, the, the key, at least in, in knowing how to use these, these Vegas odds is just, um, you know, you want the, the higher games and you don't necessarily need to find lower owned players in games with low totals. You can just find kind of, uh, secondary or tertiary players in these higher games to get your low ownership. Is there a, is there a position in, in football where you don't really look at percentages? For me, a quarterback, it's usually so spread out that I tend to kind of I tend to myself I I'm probably in the minority here, but I tend to throw ownership projections out with quarterback, and I'm just looking for the guy that I like the most or the situation I like the most. It, it seems to me like in NFL uh, GPP games, you know, quarterbacks, there's nobody ever that's higher than you know 15 to 18 percent. So uh, you know, whereas running backs and receivers get really popular, I tend to throw it out with quarterbacks. I think that's a that's a reasonable 
strategy. I mean, there, like you, like you said, like there's so many games, and yeah, the the top to bottom quarterback scores. I mean, the bottom is is can be get pretty low, but like you know, the the top to bottom of the players that you're actually considering tends not to be that high. I mean, obviously, guys can explode. You get you know a, a five touchdown Patrick Mahomes game that can throw things off, but you're right. Like the the position itself uh, tends not to have a single guy that's really high on. Whereas, uh, I mean, like in cash games, if there's a, a midweek injury to a starting running back and yeah. a backup is going to start, that guy is going to be really highly on. I mean, you'll see, you know, uh, double ups with 10,000 entries and this guy's 65%, which you tend not, you know, it's rare, but it does happen. And so, no, and, I mean, and, and that's the one spot in football that I, I really, uh, I really study both with GP and cash is that, that running back that kind of falls into 18 to 20 carries because they're just so popular. Everybody talks about them in all the waiver wire shows for season long. You know, yeah. you got like a like a James Conner last year yes. early on in the year. That first couple of weeks, he was like 5,400 on both sides. It was like, okay, he's 70% in cash games. He's 30 or 45% in GPPs. It's, it's a really – it becomes an interesting uh, strategy, especially in GPP if you fade a guy like that. But, it's, you know, those guys that are really cheap that are touching the ball 22 times, it's hard to get away from. Yeah, the the one quarterback that came to mind um, was actually one he he didn't end up being that highly on, but it was when Lamar Jackson took over last year with the Ravens. Yeah, that's because a good point. he yeah. was really cheap. I mean, uh, DraftKings um, or really all the sites tend not to price backups with starter prices. It, like that that's why you, when you have a kind of a midweek injury, um, prices generally come out Monday for the following weekend, and so you have. Um, you know, days of practice where if somebody gets hurt and somebody else moves up the depth chart, there's no change in salary. Like the, yep. the salaries are set. And so that's why guys tend to be really high on. Um, but Lamar Jackson, I remember it was like, well, this guy's going to run a bunch. Um, and we'll get into quarterbacks at some point um, in another podcast. But like running quarterbacks have just become so valuable. Um, yep. And Jackson, I remember, I think he was. 4,600, whereas like the upper tier guys are in the 70,000s. And so it was like, I was like, this guy's going to be so highly owned. But it was also like, wait a minute, he's a rookie quarterback and playing his first NFL start. Like, and he ended up not being that highly owned. But the following week, everybody had him. Oh, yeah. um, Because they still hadn't kind of risen his price quite enough. But that's really like the only situation I can think of. And and Lamar Jackson's such like a unique player that I'm not even sure we're going to see something like that again just because, um, just because he's so unique himself. Yeah, the first couple of weeks will be really fascinating to see how the Cardinals use Kyler Murray because yeah. he could kind of he could kind of jump in that uh, realm and not to get to in specific players too much, but it'll be uh, he'll be a very interesting like first three or four week DFS option uh, to see how how Kingsbury uses him in that offense for sure. I mean the the volume the passing volume alone is like something that you want to look at, but now you're like realize how much he can do with his legs and you're just I mean yeah. again rushing quarterbacks like that's why Cam Newton tends to be like a very when he's healthy, at least a very easy cash game play. Cause you know, you're going to get the rushing yards, which like are more valuable than the passing yards. Kind of when you look yep. at it yard to oh, yard, you start, you start out with a base of like 50 rushing yards. And it, it totally changes everything. It, it, and then you throw in the fact that those guys like that tend to score rushing touchdowns. Yes. And it, uh, you just, you just create that, uh, that floor of stats, you know, you're going to get, and then you put the passing stuff on top. It could really blow up. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, the, so you mentioned you you mentioned Rotowire for a, a site uh, you know you start your research on. Uh, talk to me about the optimizer on Rotowire real quick. You know we'll probably get into that as we do some more preseason podcasts. But um, you're more probably familiar with, with that than I am. You know obviously work on the site and work uh, work for the company. Uh, how how does the optimizer work? Is that one of those things you just uh, you know you plug it in and you split out a lineup and you use it or how how do you kind of use that? Um, I 
generally think, and, and I apologize to anybody who, who does this, but I generally think that's the worst way to use an optimizer. Um, All right. <laughs> so uh, every optimizer, I mean, every daily fantasy sports site is probably going to have an optimizer. Ours um, is based on the, our weekly projections, which most sites tend to be. Um, and projections in an optimizer are great. Like it, it, the idea is that it gives you the optimal lineup based on the projections. Um, but I think what a lot of people um, kind of miss you, misunderstand about projections is that they're kind of just this mean projection of like what the 50 percentile of what could happen. Um, but there are, you know, obviously there are significant things that can happen that aren't built into anybody's projection. And so um, with the optimizer, if uh, we have a player who is, uh, two players who are the exact same price. Uh, one is projected, or, I'm sorry, the, yeah. And one is projected for, you know, 30 point, 30 and a half points. And the other one is 28 and a half. Um, you're like, well, I'll just go with the 30 and a half. And it's like, well, the, the, um, the possibility that they both land at 30 and a half or they swap is, is high. Like it, it can happen. And so the idea is you want to use the optimizer to see kind of guys in a range and like, uh, you'll see the guys who are kind of projected or even if, and if you think you can, you know, someone else who's not in that range should be, you can actually manually change a projection to put them in. And I think what you really want to use an optimizer for is to kind of put guys in tiers and say like, these are the five guys that I think could all land around the same spot. And we have uh, projected ownership project or ownership um, within the optimizer. So you can see kind of where we think guys will be owned. And if you're playing GPP, you're, if in your tier, you probably want the guy who's going to be the lowest owned. but like using it in any optimizer, just like here, here's the game slates I'm playing, click optimize and give me this lineup. I just think, um, it's an easy way to use it for sure. But I think you're, there are so many more things you can do with an optimizer, particularly with ours that, um, you're, you're not taking advantage of what you're using. And so, um, We'll probably do a optimizer podcast, or maybe we'll yep. I'll do something later on. But um, there's just a, if you open our optimizer, you'll see there are buttons everywhere. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do, and we obviously have the one main one that says like you know click here for a lineup. But the other buttons are there for a reason, and so um, you want to be able to use these tools uh, to their fullest in order to really get your value out of them. Yeah, and it, it's probably a silly point, but I'm going to say it anyway. But if you play in a tournament and there are probably people that do the one click and just enter that team, you are not going to have anywhere near a unique team because there's yeah. going to be a lot of people that, that click that button and play that exact team. There are people that do that, and there's there's a lot of sites that you know they people click the optimizer and, and there you go. And um, you know, in a GPP, you definitely don't want a lineup that everybody in the world has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it certainly comes to showdown strategies, and we'll. Um, that showdown's a, a topic for another conversation, but those are basically the, or they call it showdown on on DraftKings, single yeah. game on FanDuel, but where you're literally, uh, if if one week or one day is not enough for you, now they do one day, one game. Um, it's it's really wild. I mean, you, you that uh, that Rams Chiefs game last year, the, it was, they had the showdown. It was the Monday night game. And yes. So they always they always do a showdown for the Monday night game, obviously for the Sunday night game, the, the standalone, yeah. uh, you know, big TV games. But it's. Uh, it's a it's a it's a wild kind of own world in itself the the one game slates. I, I would say that the the strategies for uh, those showdown slates are further away from actual fantasy football than any other slate you'll find. Like it's the the a game, thousand percent. Yeah, the, yeah, the game of showdown 
is so much more about the game of DFS than it is about the game of football. Um, but again, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. That's that's further down the road than our uh, our kind of intro here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Before we continue, a quick message from uh, another one of our sponsors, FanDraft. Take your league's fantasy football draft to the next level with FanDraft, the online fantasy football draft board. FanDraft makes your draft feel like the actual NFL draft with features such as a streaming ticker, live draft clock, custom logos, team walk-up songs, multiple draft board displays, and more. FanDraft can be used offline for in-person drafts by exporting the display to a projector or a large screen TV for the league to enjoy. It can also be used fully online. Any number of your league owners can join the draft remotely. You can perform both traditional and auction-style drafts. FanDraft also supports IDPs, rookie-only drafts, keepers, and just about any customization you're, to meet your league requirements. You can sign up for a free trial at FanDraft.com, and when you're ready to order the pro account, make sure you use promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15% off your purchase. Again, that's FanDraft.com, and use promo code ROTOPOD15, that's R-O-T-O-P-O-D-1-5, to save 15%. Um, so you mentioned the, we mentioned the optimizer on RotoWire. Are, are you one that uh, that kind of reads every article possible about DFS? Are you uh, how, are you, do you are you someone that like I want to like study the game myself and not look at that stuff? How do you kind of go about uh, just real briefly? And we'll probably get into this more in the podcast. How do you go about like starting your DFS analysis uh, research? Are you are, uh, how how big of a reader are you with that kind of stuff? Uh, I try to read as much as I can and. Uh, All right. In, I probably shouldn't say this on a RotoWire podcast, but I, I feel like it's say worth it. reading stuff that's not just on RotoWire. I mean, like, there's a lot of very good content out there, but a lot of it is just uh, giving you an idea of where everybody else will be. Um, because if there is, like, you know, one or two running backs or one or two wide receivers that everybody's talking about, it, that's almost like a an easy way to figure out who's going to be high-owned. Because uh, there are plenty of people who not only... Uh, go to an optimizer and click, give me the lineup. But there are plenty of people who go to articles and there's a lineup posted or, you know, basically a lineup posted and they just play that. So it gives you a very good uh, idea of where other people are going to be. And that's kind of the biggest thing about DFS is like you're playing against other people. This is not, um, at least in most, most sites, um, you're not betting against a sports book. These are other people who are building lineups. And the idea is that you want to beat these other people. Uh, and so knowing kind of where the general public is going to be is very useful. Um, so yeah, read as much as you can. Um, obviously read everything on RotoWire, whether it's DFS or not. But <laughs> yes. um, the, so, I mean, that's kind of one of the, the main points about football, particularly in GPPs, um, is knowing or at least getting an idea of where the ownership is going to be, because uh, there are some positions where you're going to say that everyone's going to be here, but I'm going to be there too, because I think that's the best way to play. But if there's another guy, you know, if everybody's on Antonio Brown this week and you're like, I actually, you know, think instead of Antonio Brown, if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't seem like he has that great of a matchup, but it's still DeAndre Hopkins, like maybe I'll go there. And so, you know, kind of, taking in as much as you can. Um, and I realize not everybody has time for that. Um, but the that's, more that's the, what we're here for. That's what we're here for. That's right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, the more that you can take in, the more you'll figure out kind of not only how you think about the week. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those people who, uh, no matter what I read, um, I 
I have my own opinion. Like I, I'm not reading something and somebody's swaying me another way. I can be convinced other things, but I'm, it, it's not like I'm just going to drop what I originally thought just because one person happened to write it. That, that, that's a good skill that any good fantasy player has to learn though. That's a, that's a tough, you, you, mm-hmm. we say that and it's, it sounds easy when yes. you say it, but there are times where I read something and I'm like, oh, this guy's really smart and I can find myself getting sucked in and I have to realize that, you know, I'm doing my own research. I got to figure out what I think too. So it's a, uh, it's a fine line between taking in good info and letting it, letting it affect you too much. So that's a, that's a really good skill and any good DFS player, you know, develops that over time. And, and particularly you find yourself, if, uh, you read something and you're like, that's a really compelling argument. And then you do your research and you agree, you have to realize that it's okay to agree. Like yes, you can't just say like, Oh, well, maybe I feel this way because this other guy said it. it's like, well, maybe you're both just right. It's possible yeah. you're both, or you're both wrong. Unfortunately, that can happen too. But um, and at that point, you mentioned that, you know, the high percentage guys in no way, even a GPP, are we saying, you know, you can't play high percentage guys. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they are high percentage for a reason and they do really well. It's just, I think that, uh, the, the key to me is always, is always a mix. You know, I have no problem taking a high percentage guy, but I just got to make sure with the rest of my team that I've got a couple of guys that aren't quite that, that chalky. So it's not that, uh, you know, if Antonio Brown's high percentage and you can never use him cause he might have, you know, 11 catches for two twenty and two touchdowns yeah, yeah. and you're buried without him. So I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's really important to know that, you know, high percentage is not an automatic fade. And I hear some podcasts or some articles are like, you can't play this guy cause everybody has him. And I don't really, I don't, I'm not, I'm not one who believes that. I know some people do, some people do really well believing that, but I think a mix is really important. And, and for me, a mix is kind of how I play a lot of fancy sports. Uh, you know, even season long, I'm uh, you know, I, I usually, tend to be you know some some young guys and some old guys and i'm not one that uh, drafts all rookies like I'm, I'm very much a mix kind of in all things in that aspect and i think that it's important to know that if you come on the on, on the side that that high percentage antonio brown is the right way to go then go with it just make sure that you know somewhere else you're a little bit different yeah yep uh and i think uh, again that kind of goes back to what we were saying in the beginning of like how you want to play um fantasy football will help determine kind of what kind of contests you want to enter like if you're the kind of person who um, wants to recognize who the optimal plays are. If you recognize it's Antonio Brown week and you want to play Antonio Brown and all of these other guys who are going to be highly owned, like that generally means you should play cash games. And um, yep. uh, we cash games, I don't know how basic we're going to go, but uh, cash games are generally either head-to-heads where you're against one other person um, or double-ups or 50-50s where you uh, get either close to or you double your money because uh, you only have, and you have to beat half the field, essentially. Right. Um, Whereas the GPPs, um, to the way that the GPPs have been recently, um, they just have become so top heavy. That oh yeah, you. Oh yeah, because I mean they're, they're marketing that they're marketing that like the millionaire maker is the one you're talking about. They're marketing that one million dollar top prize, but that just takes a huge percentage of the overall purse. Right, right, and and even some of the smaller ones, and I say smaller as if like half a million dollars is is <laughs> small. At least that's in in terms of how much the prize pool is, but. I mean, some of them are just very top heavy. And you, that doesn't mean like you can't play to try to min cash. But like if you're playing that way, you may as well just play cash games because then right. you're actually doubling your money. Like a lot of the GPPs now, the the min cash isn't even double. Like and so it's like one and a half, one and two thirds. So like if you're if you really want to play GPPs, you've got to play with the idea that you're trying to finish first. Um, and that really changes the way that you would play because you've got to start going a little off the board in terms of guys who are being talked about. Um, and that if you're the, the kind of person who looks at a depth chart and the fifth wide receiver you think is going to have a big game that day for whatever research you did, that's right. you, GPPs are for you. Like that's, yep. those are exactly the kind of guys you want because 
um, being able to recognize guys, not who are going to get some more targets this week and accumulate a few more each week, but like who is going to do well today, <laughs> then you should play GPPs. Yeah, no, that, that's very true. And I think we'll probably get into GPP versus cash game, uh, you know, strategy and stuff uh, as we do some more preseason podcasts. That's probably a podcast in itself. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think the important thing, and, and you actually, we talked about this when we were doing some prep, is I think the key is there's no right way to pay NFL DFS. It's such a fun format. It's a great uh, – you you can play every week. You could play every third week or you could play GPs one week and then flip around. But there's no right way to play. Um, I think obviously a lot of it is enjoying it. Uh, you know, There are some professionals out there playing – 150 lineups, like that kind of thing. And I don't think that, uh, I don't think either of us are that kind of player. I think both of us play, uh, cause you know, we want to make some money, but also, uh, love playing. And for me, it's a huge challenge. I love trying to figure out what's going to happen each week in the NFL. And that's why it's so built for DFS. I, I just love kind of sitting down and trying to figure out how all the games are going to work out, how the, how the lineups are going to work out, how the Vegas spreads are going to work out. Um, so I think the key is there's no right way to play, but you know, find a way that a, you're comfortable with and B is enjoyable for you. For sure. I mean, DFS tends to be more game, than it is about the sport. Um, yeah, that makes any sense. But like, you know, it's a, it's a puzzle each week of how am I going to get these pieces to fit and to either score the most points or to score enough to get me in the 54th percentile. Um, right. And so, yeah, I mean, know what you're going to get out of it. Uh, like you said, there are professionals who, I mean, there are professionals who play one lineup also, and they just play everywhere in, in high stakes. And um, yeah. the, you know, th- there's, there's plenty of talk about bankroll management, which, um, I'm not going to get into because uh, the one thing I've learned the more you play DFS is there's like somebody's bankroll management doesn't apply to somebody else. Like money is very different for, for a lot of people. And I see these articles like if you're new to this, don't go in and start spending a thousand bucks each week. And it's like, well, a thousand dollars is not as much to some people. And so maybe they should do that or, you know, it's just however you want to play. Like that's how you play. Like that's fine. Um, And Go into it knowing how you want to play. I think just preparing yourself for what you're getting into. And like you said, like you can play week one, not play three more weeks and then play another one. Like I know people who only play showdown, which seems insane to me. Like, like as, as somebody who's not a high variance guy and showdown is like the definition of it in terms of uh, any other sport. But like, um, you know, the, the, there are enough sites out there. If you want to play for a million dollars, they're, or two or three that'll that'll get you there, um, but there's just there's too many ways to play that having one person say like, well, this is how you play, you know, this is the only way you can win, or this is the only site that you can play to do this. Like, there's too many options out there. So don't. We, again, we're gonna mostly focus on the big three because they're the big ones and that's where most people play. But there are plenty of other sites that offer like fun games that if you're in this for fun, there are options. Yeah, and I, I think even if even as we focus on the big three sites, the information and guy and players we'll talk about each week will be will be usable on every site. And I think the most important thing is, even if you skip a couple weeks, make sure you listen to the podcast no matter what. Of course, of course. All right, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Uh, once again, if you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Rotowire Andrew. Scott is at, at Scott Genstad. Uh, we want to thank Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football for sponsoring this podcast. And we're going to be back next week with more. Um, kind of daily fantasy football strategies that we can use throughout the season. Uh, If you have any topics that you'd like us to discuss, um, please feel free to reach out to us because uh, we're always open to doing new ones before the uh, season starts. So thank you for listening and we'll be here next week.